Hello, everyone. It's your favourite goth boy, Steve. I hope you're all well. Not that I really expect an answer, but you can reply in our DMs. We're really open for anyone to talk to in this pandemic hellscape we're currently living in. On this episode, we have our manager, Ashley Curry, and it's probably the most informative and interesting podcast we've done and will probably ever do. So hope you enjoy it and we'll see you all soon. Kisses. Hello again, Internet. It's episode two of season two of the Wolves Don't Sleep official podcast. Today, we've got a special guest. It's not the guy from Blue Peter, nor is it the guy doing meth on Art Attack. It is the one It's only. Craig Backwards. It's Craig Backwards. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's Ashley motherfucking Curry from Vanta Black and Enso Music Management, a.k.a. the bloke who is our actual paid babysitter. Actual paid babysitter. <laughs> I love that. I'm your I'm your adult babysitter, which couldn't sound more like a euphemism. That's that's basically what <laughs> band managers are. It's just <clears throat> babysitting man children. Cause... Well, I mean, if we're if we're gonna go back onto the conversation about um, introducing you to Danny Filth, then like I would become your babysitter <laughs> at that point because it'd either turn out to be like he'd completely love and adore you, or there'd be a restraining order in place. So Both. you know, it's a gamble. Both are hilarious stories we can sell to. I'd be willing to take a bet on that. Because we, we can solve both <laughs> of those stories to Metal Hammer of why did this vocalist from some shit metalcore band that no one cares about get, get given a restraining order by Danny Filth? Instant instant views, instant clicks. Like See, Either way, it's a win-win scenario because if you get loved by Danny Filth and he takes you under his wing and kind of like turns you into one of his like little love children, then that's a win-win story. But if he puts a restraining order on you and you kind of come out as the you know, the goth boy that harassed Danny Filth. It's another win-win situation. Yeah, like, it's I, I can't lose either way. It's like when I said years and years and years ago, if I ever got the chance, I'd take a pop at Axel Rose for no other reason. <laughs> like, I, I, I quite like Axel Rose, but just the chance. Just to I'm run, not his biggest fan. You're the lost. Just, just pop him one. <laughs> Yeah. I mean it's one way to make an impression. Yeah, sure. I'd like I'd like to spear somebody with authority, so like Trump. Like you know when he's doing one of his speeches or something like that and just kind of like giving the people's elbow or DDT through his podium. I, I think I think but bullying bullying Trump's like old fun. news. Like bullying Trump's like old news now. Like we've we've got to move on to the next person to bully because tr- Trump's Trump's it's Discount Trump Boris? Discount oh, yeah, I'd I'd Okay, Boris, Boris, Boris bullies himself by just being him. Oh my god! Yeah. We went, like me and my mates when when we <coughs> came, we got onto some really like weird like conversational tangents, and uh, I love that we have no no structure or audio on, on six tangents deep, and we're like five minutes. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Um, we were discussing like it just came up because I was like I was just like, it came up somewhere I was just like Boris has got loads of kids, hasn't he? And I was just like, I yep. googled how many kids Boris Johnson has. So this About man, like four different miles. This man who's been voted in as like the upstanding representative of the British country, the leader is, of the Conservative Party, the leader of the Conservative yeah. Party, that upstanding, upstanding group of people, uh, is the UK's top shagger. Yeah, the UK's top shagger, <laughs> um, which is actually true. Which is. Which is incredible looking at the man, because, Jesus Christ. Here he is, it's Alex. He, he must be loaded. Sorry, Alex, we're talking about politics. 
It's a it's a it's a very like strange version of politics. Strange for uh, Bojo, Bojo, nothing less. Imagine, (laughs) so like, imagine all the people that like you can sort of think about that, like, imagine all the Geordie Shaw lot and like the the only ways I think stuff like that. All these like really chiselled, well well tanned people and Boris Johnson and Boris Johnson is the UK's (laughs) top shagger. Oh (laughs) yeah. So following on from that, I I googled it. So I was like, how many kids does Boris Johnson have? And the the news article and Google itself, if you don't believe me, people listening at home, you can do this yourself. It's called a at-home experiment. Um, you can go onto Google and just type in how many kids does Boris Johnson has? And the actual answer is it is believed to be seven, but unconfirmed. Mm. Believed to be, yeah, I've I've heard something like that before. Like, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's seven. Ridiculous. Question mark. <laughs> it's um, believed to be it's, seven. It's, it, it's officially seven. And unofficially, we don't know. And for legal reasons, this is all speculation. Do not sue us. Also, I have no money because I'm one of those dirty peasants that you love to take money from. Also, we're in a metal band. We don't, we don't, we don't get make paid money. <laughs> we, we have made you, make, make it, you make music and get paid? What? We have made enough money from Spotify royalties so I can buy two and a half Happy Meals between... The members Shit. Of the <laughs> that's more than a four, I'll be honest. Also, Bor- just Boris, has, Boris has more kids than Nikki Six. Just let that sink in for a minute. Oh, oh yikes. God. Oh, God. Boris has more kids than Motley Crue combined. Like that, that is in, in the grand scheme. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Terrifying. I told you, jumping on the Wolves Don't Sleep official hashtag podcast would be a, a thing. But <laughs> before we carry on any more tangents, we actually have some very important questions. As, as oh, sorry, are you, uh, I was even professional and wrote them down. As, as we've established, <laughs> Ash is our manager. If you want to hear him talking about himself properly, you can go to the, the Nottingham Rock podcast where he has a, like an actual interview and it's a lot more civilised. And he explains everything that he I does. Mean, you say it's a lot more civilized, but literally ten minutes into the podcast, and I've called myself a band slag. That is true. <laughs> so it wasn't like it wasn't the most civilized. And then, like, <laughs> like the, the the highlight of the uh, the whole podcast for me was talking about my hometown. That um, the biggest monumental thing that happened was that a load of youths burned down a cricket pavilion. Oh, nice! And that that was the yeah. uh, that was the highlight of the podcast for me was being able to talk about how, like. Not very good. My is that, is that where you, is that is that where you draw all of your inspiration from? Is that burning? Yeah, it's burning? like, dude. It, it was, <laughs> you know, it re- it really affected me in a way that um, it's like you know, some people talk about family issues, some people talk about like addiction. The cricket pavilion meant a lot to me. Like, <laughs> it was it was a, it was a monumental thing. You know what I mean? I mean R.I.P. This, this it has a special place in my heart. Um, but yeah, well, you so were meant to, you enough, were yeah. to be the next Graham Swan, weren't you? That's a reference I do not understand. Is that a cricket player? That's what that's what what, uh, Black's debut single "No Silence, No Sorrow" was about. Is the uh, the cricket pavilion, and we all we all had we all had a moment of silence and a moment of sorrow. (laughs) The first first Black album is going to be about that cricket pavilion. And then the second one's going to be about the uh, the one time we beat the Aussies in the Ashes. Vanta Black are actually a new metal cricket band. 
So which means when we go on tour, if it's us and Vanderblack, we've got the snooker stuff covered. And you guys have got <laughs> thus making us two of the most British bands in existence. It could be like instead of Wolves Don't Sleep, could be like Pockets Too Deep, and then we could be, oh, we, could be we could be uh, we could be Vanta Bat, <laughs> Vanta Cricket Bat. Oh, could you get like custom yes. cricket bats made with just like Vanta Black on it? That to be honest, like we were thinking about like merch ideas that nobody ever really does anymore. We were just thinking about stuff, but now that you've mentioned it, like imagine a Vanta Black cricket bat or a Wolves I mean, Don't Sleep pool cue. Fuck yeah! Okay, the Wolves Don't Sleep pool cue. I'm pretty right. sure I've been right. discussed. Like I'm pretty sure they've been. Discussed. <laughs> <laughs> I am gonna get a Wolves Don't Sleep pool cue made at some point. What about if we had the black ball? But had the logo on it. Oh, that'd be sick. <laughs> that'd be kind of oh, nice. like instead of the eight, yeah. instead of the eight ball. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Coming to our big cartel in 2023 when we have money again. The, the official <laughs> 2023 sleep. when all the royalties from the shows come in. Spotify as exactly. well. When all the spot when, when <laughs> Spotify start paying as well. Anyway. I, I was I was gonna I was gonna say Spotify, but then I realised that Spotify don't pay the artists, so I was like, I'm not gonna add that one. I mean, we, we've actually made, as, as much as I joke about it, I think we've made about 30 <coughs> quid. And we haven't had the royalty report from Clarity yet, so... <laughs> shrug. Uh, we've, we've, we're not doing too badly, considering the fact that, like, no one likes us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we're the hashtag worst metalcore oh, ever. Um, but yeah, we actually have some, like, very important questions <coughs> that we, we have discussed previously. Oh yeah, these are the most important questions. These, these are the um, official Wolves Don't Sleep questions <laughs> that you're not allowed to hang out with us unless you answer these questions. <laughs> oh, sick. Okay, first one, uh, Mr. Ashley. Uh, what okay. is your favourite Dulux paint shade? My favourite Dulux paint shade? Feel free to Google the Dulux colour chart. Uh, okay, do you know what? I'm actually going to do that right now just because... I mean, it may come as a surprise to you, but I've never been asked that question before. That's <laughs> yeah, why we ask it. This is why we ask it, because like, I've, I've got one of the reds. I can't remember which one it is. It was something red. Go, go back to well, episode one, and you can... Uh, red, is, red is actually my favourite colour, so it probably will be most likely one of the reds. Because Dan Bradley, when he returns, his is Tuscan Sunset, which is a good colour. So these are like, yeah. these are like critical yeah. questions yeah. you have to think about. Like the uh, my, Mine was a joke colour, but we won't mention it. Oh, for yeah, a second. Shit. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Not this time. Not I mean, like, to be honest, like, the, the, the Tuscan red or clay brick is probably mine because my, my favourite colour is red, but I like the uh, I like the darker shades of red as well. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Solid, solid. Yeah, solid. So, um, second question we, we, we've asked people, um, or second of three, um, what crisps are the best to put in a sandwich? Oh, dude. Uh, sticking on the uh, st- st- sticking on the I mean, most British British of British things. What, it, what crisps you put in a sandwich? It depends on what filling. No, no, no. You have yeah. a packet of crisps of your choice and two slices of bread to make a crisp sandwich. That is it. You can have butter, mm. and that's it. I just crisps. go standard Walker's cheese and onion, man. Cheese and oh, shout! I'm a fan of. I mean, Standard um, no, I go with the classic. No, yeah. that is, that I think is, it's, that it's, a, it's a safe. It's definitely a, a safe shout to go with. Yeah, I always feel. I always, I always feel like going too heavy on the crisp flavour if it's a sandwich is just is going to be messy. Especially going back to 
what you said, like, oh, it depends what filling. If you are going to have crisps in a filling and you've already got, like, three fillings... You don't want it too overpowering. Uh, yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't want, like... <laughs> Like chili sensations that are just gonna like completely take the taste out. No, 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 no. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like back it back in the day when I worked at the food retail company that I'm not allowed to name for legal reasons, um, <laughs> so we don't get sued by trash talking. Um, I used to get like the meal deal of like a like a BLT or like the chicken salad sandwich, whack some uh, sweet chili sensations in it. Game changer. Good oh, combo. Okay, it's a good corrected. I'm also very, uh, I'm also very accustomed to frazzles in a uh, frazzles. in a sandwich. Yeah, that, that's like, a I, th- sandwich. I think, I think that yeah, I think that frazzles themselves are like a god tier kind of crisp anyway. So I think like putting them in two slices of bread can not like firstly can't be any more British if, <laughs> if we tried. Um, <laughs> but like, I find it quite funny as well. Like I saw a meme. This was ages ago, but it was like American people. It's like. British people will literally put anything in a sandwich. Pot noodles, fish fingers, ketchup. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yes I, yes I, to I was, all of the above. Have I, I was at um, a good friend of ours house once many, many moons ago. Shout out Albert Morris. Um, oh, yeah. yes, my boy. <laughs> Absolute banger. And uh, his, his mum had made as a uh, spaghetti bolognese as he actually i can clarify albert's mum's spaghetti bolognese is the best spaghetti bolognese i've had in my life um albert <coughs> went i don't want it with spaghetti just leave it in the bowl i'm bagging it in a sandwich and he left it unattended because we were we were drunk and stuff and i was just like he's left this unattended bolognese sandwich i think this is a bit mental let's give it a go bolognese sandwich approved i was gonna say Actually, sounds pretty decent. To be fair, it's got I was going to say, I think, I think putting, you, a, you putting a lot of things in a sandwich kind of like takes it from one level to the next. Like, yeah. just I mean, it could be anything really. You've got a fry up, put it in a sandwich. <laughs> it's even better. Yeah. What's the? Um, what's, what's I think the it's most, just a convenience thing. What's the most Scooby Doo style sandwich ever anyone's ever done? Like we talking like it wasn't. Like... It, wasn't it wasn't a sandwich <laughs> that I physically made myself, but. Um, so me and my drummer in Van der Black Cow, um, every now and again, we like to go out and do these kind of like food challenges. Um, and we did this one food challenge once and it was called, I like, I'm sorry for anybody that's a vegan, but, um, like we did this, uh, we did this apocalypse cow burger, right. And it was like, it was basically four beef patties with two chicken breasts some pulled pork and onion rings on an entire burger. And it was like, it was, it was the Ooh, size of a baby. That like, sounds like way <laughs> more than I do. Dude, it was insane. <laughs> it was massive, but it, it was literally like a Scooby-Doo sandwich. It was insane, like the size Wait. of the thing. Um, but yeah, that, that's the most Scooby-Doo sandwich because it completely wrote me off. Nice. nice. Um, I've got like a less OTT one, but like a bit more of a memory one. Everyone's seen Red Dwarf, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, know, you know Lister's triple fried egg uh, chili chutney sandwich? Season two, yeah. episode three. Memory. Season two, episode three. <laughs> yeah. um, I haven't had it with chili chutney because I don't actually have any chili chutney in, but I've done the three slices of bread and like fuck tons of fried eggs. And I had I used up a book fast barbecue sauce. That's a sandwich. That does oh, sound pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I just had a picture to everyone. I was like, I've done it. I've yeah. made this to sandwich. <laughs> oh, dude. It's supposed to book. be a hangover cure, though. And you're adding more alcohol it- into it. I was just going to say, book book fast is one of my most favorite favorite things. It's like it's my tour Good drink. Man. Oh, you can you Good can man. say you, you can, can say it. <laughs> it's Dude, whenever we stuff. like, whenever we went into Scotland, it'd be like the nearest 
off license that would sell Buckfast. It'd be <laughs> stock up for the remainder of it. We was in, uh, like the, the yeah. tour that we did last January with Insight. We played Edinburgh, and it was like five days into a three-week tour, and we stocked up on that much Buckfast that we got put into the van. It was just like the remainder of the tour was just like fucking yes. Buckfast, Buckfast, Buckfast. It was sick, man. Yeah. Have you had Dragon Soup yet? Literally, I have had Dragon Soup, and to be oh. really honest, like I'm drinking San Miguel at the moment, but my uh, my corner shop usually have uh, Dragon Soup in. Um, and I was thinking, I was like, when you first said that uh, you wanted me to come on this podcast, and I was like, do you know what? Thought, I'm going to go get some dragon soup because I know that they have it. And they didn't have any any in at all. And I was like, oh, <laughs> wounded. So I had to settle for this instead. So. Once again, dragon soup, if you're listening, which we know that you might be because you definitely know, look at everything we post. Um, I'm yeah. on quest to get sponsor dragon soup sponsor. <laughs> uh, It'll happen, dude. Like they commented on the status the other day. That's like that's like phase one. Like yeah. They've, yeah. they've now acknowledged that you guys contact are a has been made and that you want the sponsorship. And it was like, right, sponsorships don't happen at the moment because of COVID, but we'll look into it later on down the line. And I, I think the more that you pester and the more that you Hell push yeah. into it, one hundred percent. I mean, that is our Smith. fucking medical brand. No, no, we'll get onto the John Smiths. We, we need to work on one brand at a time. Being, yeah, one brand at a time. We'll get onto the John Smiths when. <clears throat> If eventually Dragon Soup say no. Dra- Dragon Soup is small <laughs> enough that they would 100% sponsor us. It was John Smith's like like old man drink. <laughs> I was just about to say, I don't know if anybody at John Smith know what Metalcore is. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> oh, is, oh, oh, is it like that, Sorry, uh, that, Led, that Led Zeppelin band I saw once? Oh, <laughs> oh, you, oh, you guys are in a band. Oh, that's nice. Do you, do you play gigs? Do you play covers or your own stuff? <laughs> oh god every time uh honestly every that's, time. that's the, the the main thing i hated about transitioning to working in an office and it's like oh you're in a band <clears throat> i was actually gonna say that that that'd be my question to you guys what what's the most mum comment you've ever had does screaming hurt your voice yeah yeah that's that's it's like, oh <laughs> how do you do that i'm like i just do it like it's <laughs> it's it's just a ting we've also got like I drink alcohol and get sad can you <laughs> Can you um, can you understand what other bands are saying? Sometimes like, do, depends, do, depends yeah, on what you like. Depends <laughs> 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 who it is because there's, there's a lot of bands out there. Like we all know a slam band that's just like, oh true <laughs> yeah like oh god yeah but, like that's, that's all it. that is all what slam is realistically <laughs> the entirety of the genre yeah <laughs> the entirety there's going to be like I, I, I saw this um, the Black Dahlia murder documentary that they did years ago in Majesty and um, there was a Trevor was talking about this uh, like how yeah the uh, vocalist of Black Dahlia murder well, not, the, not that Trevor Dan <laughs> not that Trevor Dan <laughs> yeah. and uh, basically he was he was talking about the evolution of metal and like one point like in the future all metal bands is literally just going to be <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is so true. Like, look at the pig squeal. How far away from that is the pig squeal? I'm, yeah, I'm, also, no. I'm, I'm also on like a quest to find the first recorded use of a bleh. You might probably be too no, Yeah, it's, I was it's, it's, I'm literally about to say, if you delve into like Architects' back catalogue, they were huge. I, I didn't think Architects started because I found like a whole Reddit thread, so I'm not the only person looking for this answer. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> it, initi- it initiated with... um. Celtic Frost, not a Blair, oh, but okay. Celtic Frost, because uh, the bloke from Celtic Frost, where he's like Tom, whatever his name is, um, he used to do like it was like a, a variation of like some sort of hardcore bands did, where they just do like a like randomly. Like if you listen to if you go and listen to old yeah. Celtic Frost, there'll be like a riff. They'll go, 
oh, and then the riff will kick in, like the song will kick in. That's that's one of the things that basically that's the precursor of a blur. It's sort of like the proto blur. Yeah, the proto blur. The proto blur. <laughs> I'm quite I'm quite utterly convinced that Sam Carter came out of his mother going blah. <laughs> Probably. I would I would agree with that. Like, the vocalist architects. architects <laughs> oh, okay. I'm gonna write this down. Where's my pen? You might want to. You know, you know, they're, they're a really big metalcore band. Metalcore is the genre that we play. And you're in a good mix of Kelsey. Why? Why? What? Right, I'm just gonna write this down. I'm pretty sure he's good friends with Martin Kemp. Do you want to? He's gonna write this down. He's gonna wake up one day like, why have I got like some Carter on a piece of paper and then? Well, I was gonna. I was gonna say, <laughs> do, do you want to write down who Kelsey is from the 500 at the same time? Shout out to Kelsey. <laughs> Shout out to Kelsey for 500. My boy, Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, Dan still to this day has no idea who Kelsey is. Like, he's met him. We've, we've, he's, he's, he's met him. He has, he's had, like, half-hour conversations with him. Still has no idea who And yet. <laughs> no idea who Kelsey is. Um, I actually used to... I, I was in a band with Kelsey at one point. I had to join We Are Tyrants for, a, like, a brief... Oh, you were also in We Are Tyrants. Oh, yeah. Shout I got offered to join them. Such a <laughs> that was a Yeah, because uh, me and Kelsey... I've known... Kelsey for God, I want to say like eight years now. Um, I filled in for We Are Tyrants years ago. Um, we all basically, I was in a band uh, called Bleed Till Dawn years and years and years and oh, years. Shout and years out. Ago. Um, no, fucking don't shout out. Um, <laughs> um, shout. It was like my it was like my first sixteen year old metalcore band that wasn't really metalcore, but um. So uh-huh. we played. Uh, we we played a gig. We were playing this festival when it's called Chaos Fest. And my uh, so Kelsey's old band, We Are Tyrants, also yeah. played Chaos Fest. And we played a gig with them before, and that's how we kind of met. Um, and I, uh, when Tyrants came back as a four piece, I'd, I'd feature on one song. Uh, they had a song called "God Lives in Me," and I used to feature on it. Um, and Kelsey's, I used to love Kelsey's mom and dad, but they'd always kind of like push it on Ben, their old vocalist, to like. You should get Ashen on vocals. Like you, you should be vocals. Like it sounds sick. Like you two combined. And like, do you know, thinking back to it now, like I was literally forced into that band by Kelsey's <laughs> mom and dad, going, "Yeah, you you should be in the band." Like you, both of your guys' vocals sound incredible, and that's the only reason I was in Tyrants was because of Kelsey's mom and dad. Oh, nice. So yeah, shout, I, shout out Kelsey's mom and dad. I know I say this a lot, <laughs> but who's Kelsey? Oh, moving on. <laughs> Don't even start. Kelsey, Kelsey is the identical uh, double of the Miss Mayar vocalist. Oh, fuck. Who's the Miss Mayar No, he okay, is. Okay, yeah. let's, let's just stop. Dan, Dan, Dan as you, you will begin to learn, Dan doesn't listen to metal. Like, he just doesn't. <laughs> he, gets, he gets forced to listen to metal and he doesn't enjoy it, which is the best thing. And then he writes really good ones. It's, it's just one of those weird universal things. Um, yeah, we get a I lot mean, of like, points. Throwing riffs in his face and saying, right like this. <laughs> I, I do I do have like a random story with about real we are tyrants, but it's not it's not publicly. <laughs> yeah, should no. we uh, should we move on we'll from just, that part? We'll just move on to the next question. So we've still got two more to like finish grilling you, then we can go on to the next <clears> I've got I've got three. Got three. Bing Bing's reminded Bing's reminded me of one that's uh, again a little bit more out there. And is uh, what is your favorite nation's flag? My favorite nation's flag. Best one. Um, the best, the best flag. I kind of think that I, I think Australia's got the best flag because they've kind of like taken a couple of different oh, really? flags and gone, fuck it, we're just going to make one big flag of multiple different flags. And they've kind of just 
basically put a middle finger up to all these different nations. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I flagged that bitch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, flag of the prison colony. Fair enough. I I respect that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) And also, like, I feel like Australia needs to have the best flag because Australia is filled with the most things that can physically kill you. Um, I feel like in in a battle of, like, whose flag's better, they'd be like, well, the majority of our country could poison you or eat you in whole. I mean, so it's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you guys win. The, yeah. the country Australia is the only country to lose a war against birds. So, <laughs> and birds aren't real. But birds I mean, like, <laughs> birds, birds are airborne. If everything was on land, they'd be fucked. No, no, if like, if birds, if birds could only walk. I mean, it was emus. Oh, so yeah, it'd it be frightening. It was really. It was the basically the dinosaurs. It was only emos then. It, <laughs> it was the only country to lose a war against emos. <laughs> That's, that's the oh, most metal God. story. For God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, two more questions, and oh. we'll go on to some fucking badass topics, and then we can go into the, the any of the topics that we refuse to talk about pre-recorded. Um, I've got two questions as well. Oh my God, this is just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did. I did tell Dan that Ash was coming on, and yeah, I went, oh, I'm going to come. Go on, then we'll go 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 with one of your questions, Dan. I'll come back to I, mine. I, I didn't know there was any homework, so I had to try and think. Of <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll start off with quickly. an easy one. A very easy one. Right. Simple. Keenan or Kel? Which one? I don't have an answer. I, I, I have no frame of reference. It's like I'm aware of Keenan and Kel, but I've never watched it. <laughs> hey, Kel loves having soda, motherfucker. I was, just about, I was just about to say, it's just, it's just mm-hmm. Kel because he's, 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 so, he's so simple and funny. Good, good. Good answer because he put the screw in the tuner as well. <laughs> That's good. Literally, the dude's incredible. So yeah, count one hundred percent. And the next question is: Who would win in a fight, Stuart Little or Remy from Ratatouille? Think carefully about this. Very I feel like I feel like Stuart Little's a bit of a bitch. Um, yeah, yeah. I can say so, yeah. I'd, I'd say Remy. He's a bit hardcore. Yeah, and yeah. he's got the knife skills. Nice yeah, dude, like if you if you think about it, like Stuart Little just breaks shit and like gets too attached to birds, which is the <laughs> is the yeah. ultimate sign of weakness where Remy is a real man and gets attached to food, which That's can true. only mean one thing, and that is like disputable anger. Can can you imagine <laughs> like the kids at that fucking orphanage in Stuart Little and that, that fucking ultra middle class family come to pick out a pick out a dot uh, a foster kid uh, out of all the actual normal human kids they pick the one fucking mouse like how like that like the suicide rate in that orphanage must have skyrocketed overnight it's not even that like they must have they must have come in and like every single person that worked at that orphanage must have thought you guys are abusing acid why are we letting you take a mouse out of taking a mouse it's probably the safer option. Let them have the mouse rather than like tr- like kill a child. Yeah, if like if if yeah. there are, like two adults who go, we want to adopt a kid, and then their most logical reasoning is to go for a mouse. Like those are not people you want to be given like letting be in charge of actual children. But also no, as well, that's, why would an why would an orphanage have a mouse on the books? Like, did they just like get bored one day and think, oh, we need a new child? Oh, we've got funding for one more child. Oh, there's a mouse. That'll do. Let's teach it how to speak. They need it to make the numbers even. It could have been the chef. And then in later years, as it grew older, it became Remy for I, I refuse to accept it. They could teach yeah, but a Re- Remy's a rat. Yeah, you can, a mouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can grow a longer tail, can't you? 
I don't know, can you dye your hair and grow a longer tail down? Yeah, I, can, I can do one of those things. Yeah, you can dye your hair, I'm Steve. Sure, I'm sure it would come up on your, because like you have to, I'm, I'm pretty sure when adopting or anything along those lines, you have to kind of like list if you have any pets. And like, I'm pretty sure they would have said, yeah, we've got a house cat. Oh yeah, bring a fucking mouse. That's a great idea. Let's adopt a mouse. We've still got some more questions to go through as well. All right, let's try it. I'm just going to spearhead this one just to get us off this fucking topic. Um, yeah. What What is your go-to studio food? Like, you're in the studio for, like, a week or whatever. Like, what is your go-to food? Oh, God. Um, I mean, to be honest, like, it, it depends really where I am. Like, because I feel that if, if anywhere's got a really good meal deal counter, that's, like that's kind of standard but if there's a subway or any anything like that nearby um Ooh. something along those lines i'd probably say a subway is my favorite because there's so many different like you could be in the studio for two weeks and have a different sandwich every day yeah that's no, a good that's... point actually yeah whereas you could get through the mcdonald's when you quite quickly in a studio time yeah, we tried to stay away from like, McDonald's did. and stuff like that, to be honest. Like, we had like loads of home cooked meals, like, we're really on that fucking health life. <laughs> when we had, yeah, like, I mean, I, like, I am, don't I mean, get me wrong, but you say that the munchie box, that munchie box <laughs> I was literally though. about to say the same thing. That munchie box is class. Don't, don't get me wrong, like, I'm, I'm very much on, on, on the health kick, but like, the last couple of times that I've physically been into the studio, like. When I was in before Swan split up, um, we was in a studio in Northwich, and yeah, obviously I'm I don't know anywhere around there at all. And the closest place to that was a Starbucks and a Subway that was next door. Um, so it's kind of like I, I guess it really depends on what the closest food company is around that area. But it's usually yeah, like no, that makes sense. <clears throat> studio stu- studio week or month it doesn't count though, does it? Like, no. it's it's not like you're in there like 100 percent of the time, and it's something different. So you you just yeah eat definitely what, eat what it makes you feel better about like your writing or your your recording or like yeah your like after, after listening after listening to a click track 14 million times yeah there's only <laughs> yeah. like you could you you're only one man you you, you need <laughs> to treat yourself at that point you've had you've yeah, had a rough exactly. day um and I guess following on from that another one that we had written down. And I know it's been a while, so bear with us. But um, been a while. Uh, your your <laughs> your go to uh, pre or post gig meal. Uh, what do you like after a gig or before a gig or like breakfast? I was going to say I, on I the day of the gig. I tend not to eat before a gig, and I learnt this the hard way um, yeah. by uh, just eat. Well, we had a massive meal. We was in Sheffield, and do you know that? But uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been to it. Would you know that there's a burger restaurant in Sheffield that's got all like different metal bands going there, and they've all got different like names? Oh, it's, um, is it the is it the Bring Me one? Yeah, or is, yeah. No, the the, um, the, the twist, twisted twisted burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, no, so we, we we went there before when we played in Sheffield because my my mate lives in Sheffield. <clears throat> yeah, and I messaged. I was just like, yo, like decent vegan places, like basically like decent vegan food. Because, like, nine times out of ten, like, the majority of our stuff is, like, veggie when we do our own stuff anyway. Hashtag yeah, yeah. meat is murder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and she was just like... Are we, are we now hashtagging the Smiths? 
the hashtag no fuck Morrissey, he's a wanker um and she sent us there and i had like the sleeps one so i, I feel you it looks fucking great so it's great. incredible but like we were so we went there we was on tour with our hollow at home at the time um and part of our part of our rider um was we got taken to this particular burger restaurant Yo, that's it was incredible and like we uh we basically we, we ate before it um come back to play the show and like all like the support bands are played and then it was us next because we were main support so like i went on stage mm-hmm. literally just as was we, we was walking through the door like like five minutes in sort of setting up and then i went on stage and like trying to scream whilst you've just eaten a big meal is oh, horrendous because it's, like, it's just acid reflux um so I, t- I tend not to I, t- I tend not to kind of like indulge too much before a show but a- after a show i mean like i don't know it depends what kind of day it is because like a lot of the time what we was doing was um because beforehand we'd always like pay a bit extra and try and book hotels on tours yeah. um and it, or like or play like try and stop at people's houses or anything like that places where there was like a microwave or some form of cooking appliance so like mm-hmm. a lot of the time we'd yeah. physically buy like food supplements or things like i don't know any kind of meat or rice or veg or anything like that and we'd cook it wherever we were and eat it like that and you kind of like have meal preps for a certain amount of days um okay. so i tried to do that for like the first week of tour because i know that i could prep meals for a week and they'd still be all right yeah. by the end of the yeah, week yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but any, anything after that if it was like a two three maybe even a month long tour then obviously it'd be whatever's around us at the time or what have we got given yeah. on a rider really is yeah. it uh, <laughs> is it is it different from when you're on tour to like say like a hometown local show you know like one off, you know like the one-off shows yeah because like it's i don't know i mean i have to be brutally honest with you like i haven't done a just a standard one-off show for a while um because a lot a lot of the ones that we were doing kind of because we all live so far away from each other it never made sense for us logistically to do one-off shows yeah um so it'd always be like we'd have like three or four if if we did get off a one show we'd always get like two or three shows just so logistically okay, yeah, it yeah, made yeah, sense yeah. for us to go yeah. to make it more um, but yeah. like it, it was with stuff like that it's just, it was just like a more of a saving money kind of thing really um yeah. to kind of like prep the meals beforehand because we knew that we could keep them and put them in like a freezer bag and they'd just be fine that's actually like cool, a really yeah. solid like yeah prep, prepping your meals for the meal tour. prep yeah. ahead of time yeah, yeah dude and like especially as well if you, if you can find like if you can find places to stay um nine times out of ten like we, we would always have a place to stay because we'd either have friends in there or one of us would know something or we'd put a status out saying you know can anybody hold us up we'll give you a few t- like t-shirts or something like that yeah. um and if you've got freezer bags with you obviously chuck them in their freezer overnight and put it back into the, the freezer bag the next day and you good for another 24, 48 hours. You know what I mean? So no, that's, 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 yeah, no, that's just, that's, that's just a solid show, man. That's mad efficient. Tour, tour hacks with Ash. We'll get you back on for a specialist episode on that tour. Tour hacks with Ash. <laughs> yeah, man. One of, our ultimate, or one of our constant tangent different things. So we've got tour hacks with Ash, <laughs> men in bands review vans. Uh, yeah, me and Steve. <laughs> and we've got the the special guest on the next episode uh, discussing breakdowns. So, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> it's going to be an hour yeah, long. Dude, it's like, just going to be just him this... discussing like ridiculous amounts of his favorite breakdowns and all the timestamps for him. <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 an uh, 
solid, solid answers, solid answers. Solid, um, solid answers. But yeah, I suppose uh, there we go. That's if you wanted to know the man who babysits us. There's, there's answering the official hashtag Wolfstone questions. <laughs> um, everyone is aware of the band Soft Call, the ripped off load. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, um, here we go. Yeah. Oh, for those of yeah. you who aren't just, aware, I'll be quiet. I'll do you want quiet. to explain it for Dan? As as of <laughs> yesterday, it came to light. I don't know how it came to light as well, because it's, it's such a random thing to happen. Like, some random small band in the States of two lasses called Soft Cool. Somehow their video got found of their newest song, and it is <laughs> essentially a like-for-like of Loads' song and music video for Two Way Mirror. And obviously, everyone caught wind of this. And the internet went a bit aggro, as they do. Um, it never happens. It never happens. I don't know what you mean. Um, I, when I, I, I saw it on my Facebook, and I was like, there's no way this is... I thought it was like my mate taking the piss, or it was like a little bit of a dig, and I was like, this is the same song. This is just the same song, hands down. Yeah, um, it's, it's like for like, like you yeah. say, it's... As as yeah. it's come to light in the past hour, they've made an official statement saying they've spoken to Loath, they've taken the song down, and uh, so <clears> if, <throat> if you're hearing this after the fact and you've not seen it, Sol's, you, you don't get to see <laughs> I don't, it. It's gone. I mean, I'll just, I'll just listen to Loath, thanks. Yeah, I'll just like. listen to Loath. <laughs> <laughs> what I don't understand about it is that, like, the... the so you you've got like I understand that you can have riffs that sound similar to other bands, but they've literally done like from start to finish, like even like the slow motion parts of the music video and like the lead lines, the vocal melody lines. It's all like so structured, exactly the same as the yeah, low song. Like, it's it's and it's like like you can get away with it, like you can get away with it if it's like a, a random riff in a song, yeah, but like... if it physically the carbon copy of the structure of the song. Yeah, you like, can't say that it's just We're we're a metalcore band. No. <laughs> our, our main our main used frets are seven, five, and nine. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't, don't give away our don't give away <laughs> it. We're brand <laughs> you've, you've literally just uncovered the formula in a few seconds. Metalcore. If you wanna play <laughs> if you wanna play metalcore kids, just use three, five, seven and nine. Oh, plenty of opens and then for breakdowns <laughs> yeah and zero, loads of opens zero, <laughs> one, zero, one. Like, that's it like, yeah. that's how you write metalcore that, that's plenty it. of opens five seven nine right about sad boy shit yeah, yeah and then the chorus is just power chords the same threats five seven <laughs> three nine like power chords that's it that's that's how that's how we are hoping to make a living one day <laughs> off, <laughs> off this really stupid stuff the only way we're going to get famous is off complete gimmicks and ridiculousness that's why I look as beautiful as I do because that's the gimmick and annoying people on the internet you guys can see the cat ears <laughs> I was going to say you look really beautiful with those cat ears right now I'm sure yeah. he's I'm sure he's posted pictures of himself on his Instagram before with his cat ears so just go just go find it on his I, Instagram I actually haven't I've not actually read have you not no, like, well, no 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 Black Alex, game. they're exclusive to the OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why I see it all the time then, because I am subscribed to Steve's OnlyFans. You, you, get, like you, get the, you get the free version, it's fine. Oh, do I? Sweet. Yeah. OnlyFans. OnlyFans. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, I was actually thinking of starting a, um, an OnlyFans for just baking and calling it OnlyFans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a bit too similar to um, uh, Craig from Stray's... Uh, yeah, only, only, only well, yeah. 
Only flams. <laughs> only slams. Yeah. Uh, videos of you, or like it could be videos of you teaching your grandparents how to operate basic technology. Only grands. First of all, only only nans or only only nans. Definitely already a website. I'm not prepared to Google it. It's like what about? I I imagine. I imagine it's the same as what lemonparty.com is. I was just thinking about that as well. Ooh. What about when you do your? What about when you do your your van? Only um, only vans. Yes, only only vans. Uh, Speaking of Lemon Party, for you, I'm a Zuma listeners once again. I don't know why this is now becoming a bit of me explaining things to people younger than me. I think the the only way that you can really explain Lemon Party is by telling them to go and search it. Go and search it. You need need to experience it for yourself. Welcome to the internet that those dirty, dirty millennials grew up in. Go and search it. www.lemonparty.com what if it's been taken down part of me wants to test but I don't want to it's either been taken down or updated Dan do it (laughs) or moved yeah which one yeah lemon party hey alright right Right, okay live reaction Dan is going to go on to lemon party Uh, put put your camera on no Uh, it's still up is it still up yeah you got to agree to it oh no it's changed it's just a porn site now oh that's that's disappointing (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it was. It's not. It's not too far from what it originally was. I mean, fair point. (laughs) In in the the wild west of the early internet, that's. that's, It was something else. Something very different. Sorry, Zoomers, you missed out on uh, peak internet culture. (laughs) I played Dragon. I played Dragon Force. (laughs) I played Dragon Force with a fire on the flames, and then masturbate in my bed. I sort of want to watch. Uh, but yeah, so great. yeah. What what were we talking about before we went down this rabbit hole? Rule of thumb is pretty sure I held the camera. <laughs> rule of thumb is don't <laughs> don't actively like if you somehow accidentally find out you're ripping off a band, maybe don't release it. Oh yeah, the band that ripped if, off loads. If, yeah, if you don't, yeah, I'm know, with you. If it turns out you accidentally ripped off a band, fair enough, whatever. But maybe just don't. Just do some. Just do some searching. Like I I've googled stuff before to make sure that some of my lyrics aren't. The same as other stuff because when we wrote I Forest, mean, when we wrote Forest Fire, I was just like, I'm pretty sure this is an Amity Affliction song, and it turns out there is an Amity Affliction song called Forest Fire. So I then went through and read all the lyrics to make sure that I hadn't accidentally plagiarized the Amity Affliction. I mean, it, it yeah, yeah, it happens in it happens in writing all the time. Because like, if you listen like, to we, the lyrics, I, it's, 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 it's just in your head. It's, yeah, it's like that time at practice when Dan Bradley brought in a riff and. We all thought it was really cool, and then it turned out it was a word of life song. No, no, it was an entire song yeah, that it, someone someone else had written, but given the song to Dan from a previous band, and it was an entire word of life song. We then went to go see the word of life at Rescue yeah. Room. Oh, that's we what went, it was. Right. We went, this is the song that Dan wrote, that, 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 Dan, that Dan gave to us, but someone else written. <laughs> and, anyway, and, it, and it was an entire word of life song, note for note. Like, I mean, we've, yeah. we've, we've done it before where, well, um, when I've been in previous bands, and the guitarist is coming in, being like, "Oh, I've got this sick new riff I wrote last night. Like, it, it's so, it's so sick, it's so catchy." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, go on, then play it for us. Let, let's have a listen." We listen to it, like, "Yeah, it's pretty sick." And one of us just went, "Hold on, isn't that just it? Never ends by Bring Me the Horizon." We we're like, "Oh yeah." I, I wrote an entire, oh, I wrote sucks. an entire breakdown <laughs> once, and it was the fucking intro to the downfall of us all by day to remember. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, this is sick," and I was like. <laughs> and then I, I, I sent it to someone that was like, you do realize this is downfall of Azora? And I went, 
oh, for fuck's sake. Mm. I mean, I wonder why it sounds sick, but... Yeah, right. there's a reason. Yeah. There's a reason, because a data member have already made bare pee off of it. <laughs> <laughs> We're all excited for the data member album to finally come out after, like, six years. I'm excited um, for uh, if they've got more heavy stuff on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the stuff that... Because apparently they had three producers. I'm excited for the stuff they did with Will Putney, and that's about <coughs> where, the, where the line stops. I'm hoping it's better than all that shit that they released not long ago. That's on this album. Yeah. Oh, I just mm. did not feel it at all. Nah. Like some of the songs some of the songs were sick. Like They had some really cool bangers on it, but there was just some songs that were so questionable. Yeah. It's because they signed to them, uh, yeah. Fueled by Ramen. And I think Fuel by Ramen have kind of like put the fingers in. Fuel, 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 fuel by Ramen is one of them classic, like, we're going to dictate what you sound like kind of yeah, record labels. Yeah, the, the other bands on Fuel <laughs> by Ramen are... I actually had that before. Well, um, originally were Pan- uh, Paramore. The, yeah, Paramore and Panic at the Disco. <laughs> but granted, Panic at the Disco can get away with being pop as fuck because Brendan Urie is a beautiful, talented man. Yes, um... he he's a <laughs> very, very, very good, talented man. No, oh. to be honest, like, even on, on the subject of like labels trying to make you sound like a fucking, it's like it's you always hear horror stories about it, but like I physically experienced what it's like as well, and it's so shit really? because they, yeah. So we was with like for legal reasons, I'm not going to name the actual label itself. Yeah, um, but I was uh, I, I was signed to a label. It's a disclaimer, um, it's, it's uh, Roadrunner. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, Roadrunner would never so do that. We were uh, we were we were signed to a label when I was in Swan. And when Vanta first came out, because it was new metal and it was something kind of fresh and not really a lot of people were doing at that particular moment in time, I was like, do you know, I'm going to pitch it to a label to see what they say. And I pitched it to this label and uh, I spoke to the person who uh, runs it all. And she was just like, yeah, it sounds sick. Like, I really, really want to like put this in. Like, She was willing to like fund a lot of money into yeah. this EP. But then she was also like, but I think like you guys like you need to go with this like this kind of producer. You need to go with a different producer. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do that. And I was like, I haven't even like spoken to you properly about what we want yet, and you're already trying to change me. Like, Tell how me can you tell do, me that yeah. you want to fund all this money into a band, but go? Oh, by the way, like we want you to like work with a different producer and yeah. maybe like get some ghostwriters in and maybe try like add, add what they want is to... add this and add this up. Oh, I was like, you're yeah. literally trying to make me a different band. They're effectively trying to yeah, hire a session that, that, would, that would be yeah. so like, joke if you, if you did that for like if you did that for us like the next lot of wolf stuff that you've heard obviously and no one else has you fucking bitches um, <laughs> um, Dude, like, the, did, the way you, that I see did, it if like, you tried to pitch it to like a, a record label and just see what they say because I would love to see the comeback just be like I mean that that's the that's the idea anyway don't get me wrong that's not it's I won't beat around the bush like, that's the idea of things that I'm planning to do anyway but like, I hashtag official hashtag secret announcement. <laughs> <laughs> like, I I I physically hate when record labels try and change you, um, because music is music and it's emotion and it's like you know I mm. I get like don't get me wrong if you go and work with a producer and a producer's like maybe you could try this riff or try like doing it in this kind of structure yeah. and make it sound ever so yeah. different in this way like that's fair. But you know when they're yeah, physically yeah. saying, right, no, you need to change that. You need to add more singing into it, less screams, less rapping, less this, less this, less that. Change that riff, do this, do that. And it's like, you basically just want me to rewrite the entire song at this point. Yeah, it's the That's difference like, between no. like a creative process and just being like, yeah, no, do this. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Do you think we could try and... Like, I, I would yeah. have no issue if they were just like, right, we like 90% of this, but there's like a few bits here and there that we're not keen on. Because like we are not in a position 
like let's be real, we are not in a position to actively fuck about. Yeah. Like if we want to make this profit, <laughs> this is this is just me. This is just me spitballing. So don't. This is not like legally binding. To myself. <laughs> it's um, not a contract. It's yet, not Steve. a contract. Disclaim, but... Disclaimer. Disclaimer. <laughs> If if it came to a point and a label approached us and they were just like, right, we like like most of what you're doing, but there's like a few bits here and there we don't want you to do, depending on what those things are, would be make or break for me. Because I, I do want to, like we're all here, we all want to make make it in this fucking business because it's the only thing that really makes us happy, as we've mentioned constantly. Um, yeah. Depending on what those things are, would be depending on how flexible I'd be. I was going to say... It's... It's a very uh, it's it's a broad spectrum on what's what's real and what's not because I think personally like the way that I stand on it is that if you uh, if you pour a lot of emotion a lot of heart and soul into something and they um, they any any kind of like negativity towards that if they turn around and say you know we don't like this we want you to change this and it's something quite big um, it becomes less about the music and more about the money and more about selling it. And that to me is, you know, I know like, don't get me wrong, we're all in this, like you've just said, we're all in this for the long run and we, we want to make a career, we want to make a career out of it. Um, mm. You know, and that that naturally, it's a given that comes with making money. Um, but I think that if you're solely, solely doing this for um, just making money and like you'll do whatever, whatever label tells you to do and like, you know, you'll do, anything you'll make this kind of sound you'll do this you'll add this you'll add that and like simplify everything then you've kind of like lost the whole touch of why you did it in the first place there's such a massive difference between working with producers and labels trying to change you and i think you know, what yeah. you've got to remember fundamentally is that labels need to make money in order for them to function producers yeah producers yes it's their job but producers are also there to make you sound better um yeah. and you know it, it's almost like that that sixth member or that seventh member um, that yeah. is there to kind of like get that outside view. So when you write something, obviously you're going to write something because it's what you think sounds good in your head, right? So yeah. imagine if you t- then take that to the producer and the producer's got an outsider kind of view and he goes, well, why don't you try this? You add it and it sounds 20 times better than what you initially had. That's sick. Yeah. That's fine. That's but when you've got yeah. like, when you've done that with a producer and then you go to like, an exter- like a record label or something like that and this particular record label goes well we don't really like that like we'd rather you guys do this like we'd rather you dress in all black or we'd rather you just like you know add more singing into it and not sc- not scream anymore or not do this and not do this or not do that it kind mm. of like it loses every aspect of what you're actually wanting to do music for anyway because it's it just, it just becomes commercial band. at that point yeah yeah yeah, yeah like, no stuff stuff of like that's just like no okay I've heard, um, I've heard so many stories from so many different bands and musicians saying the exact same thing that yeah the outside perspective from from a from a producer is just like second to to none on um getting a good result from it and like I really enjoy that fact but yeah getting getting a record label saying oh we don't want you to do the, to do this style anymore you, you know we want you to be like this because you're going to make more money and I, I'm not a fan of fan of ever doing that mm. No, neither am I. Yeah, no, like like I'm saying, like d- depending on what like if, if push came to shove and it was just like we're sat in a fucking office and like the contract's in front of us and they're just like you we'll, we'll sign you and give you like shit tons of money. But you need but to do X, Y, Z. Depend depending on what those buts are. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, that's it's definitely a decision you need to I take. I think the thing that Depending you need to remember box, about yeah. record labels as well is that the way that they work is that they'll, so you'll sign a deal, they'll give you an advance, but they've got to make that money back. So they'll take a large percentage of whatever royalty you earn until they get that money back. And then depending on what it says on the dotted line, that's what you'll get back afterwards. So let's say, for example, a lot of record labels will take into consideration that, you know, you guys have got merch, you've got all this, but they could have every right to your merch. Like they'll own all rights to your merch. They'll own all rights to your music. So if you guys want to leave that record label after a certain amount of time, that record label still own that music. So yeah. they will then make the royalties out of it and you'll only get a percentage. Which yeah, is... cause we, we've seen that with um, Believe From Within recently because they were like, <clears> like <throat> oh, what happened to your, your first album? Empire, Humanity, yeah. Humanity and Empire. And, yeah, they were that like, was, uh, that's just an issue with uh, the previous record label. Yeah. And and I think it, mentioned, it was mentioned on the Downbeat podcast because uh, had um, Sam Carter on and he was just like, yeah, I'd really love to like remaster, like redo the first couple of Architects <clears throat> album. And so, he's just like, but I don't want to get into an argument with a, I just don't want to deal with a, mm. uh, whatever record label they're on. So interesting, interesting fact. So my old band Sworn Amongst and Blue Through Then were on the same record label as at one point. Um, mm. So not like, not like me personally, like I know the guys don't get me wrong, but like Johnny, my old drummer, is ridiculously good friends with those guys and we've spoken about stuff like that we've funnily we've had this particular conversation a few times before um now i'm not going to like completely out the record label but that particular record label now doesn't exist for reasons such as they were so bad they screwed a lot of people over. They yeah. owed a lot of money to a lot yeah. of bands. Right. I, yeah. I, I know. I know what label you're talking about. Because we we discussed. We would we would chat about it the other day, and yeah. uh, I know I know which label you're on about. They so. uh, they they completely screwed. So they screwed Sworn over. They screwed Belief from Within over. They screwed a lot of bands. They are they owe a lot of money still. They owe a lot yeah, of money really? to a lot of bands. Um, and they they just went under. Like they completely just. Went yeah, off the radar. I, it was years and years and years yeah. ago. I remember it. I oh remember yeah, it. yeah. It was a long time ago, but like they just went completely off the radar. Yeah, yeah. Really. I also, I also think the I realized thing. the. Uh, oh, you carry on, Ash. Then I'll go. What I'm trying to say. No, so good. It was like, it, but th- th- that's the thing with with labels that you've got to take into consideration as well. Is that like, do you know if you don't read into this contract, which I know people do, but like they're very clever with how they word things, um, yeah. and they can literally like they can own. You, yes, yeah, it's mental. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it, I've you. heard numerous horror stories about certain people who have, haven't, like, even like with bigger record labels, where you would expect that like lawyers would look it over for the musician and stuff like that. Where that you've heard like ridiculous horror stories of people just being fucked over by their record label just because they haven't read something in their contract. Yeah, like you, yeah, you need you need to go in and do that. Like, luckily, because obviously we we've got PRS, which is where a lot of our outside merge income comes from because it turns out if you're if you guys if anyone listening if you're in a band get a fucking PRS fucking account it's like eighty quid eighty quid a year which might be might seem steep to you but the fact that you can log anytime your songs are played you get money for it. Anytime that you play a gig you have to go and self report it. You get like so much money from it. Like I'm not talking like loads but in like but- Compared to not six, doing it. Six months, I think we got like 80 quid mm. just in our account <coughs> from 
yeah, and bit. that and that pays for the PRS like, license. Yeah, like eighty quid in, in our account for playing our songs live. That and and that varies depending the amount of money you get varies depending on what kind of venues you play. Like when we play like smaller, because every every venue has a PRS license because they play music. That is, and if they how don't, that's illegal. But that's how it works. Um, yeah. So like compared to like, because I I looked it up on on a on the royalties report we got for 2019. So basically, like when we played a couple of smaller venues, like in Knotts, for instance, like Tap, and when the Maze was a thing, we get like a couple of quid per track. But like then when we played like Rescue Rooms, which is a bigger venue. Um, we got like a fiver a song, mm. so mm. we played what five, five, six songs in a half hour set. Yeah, definitely that's, worth doing. That's, that's thirty quid. Mm. Like, mm. yeah, it, it's definitely worth doing. It's it's one of those things that like people need to be aware of because that that's that's where some of our supplemental income comes from. And obviously, the radio playing stuff we've got recently for all the clarity stuff, we'll get money yeah. off that. Not much, but it's something. Speaking of um releasing and stuff like that. I've got another sort of question for Ash. Um, with Vanta Black being fairly new, and obviously you've, you guys have only released a couple singles, uh, what, is, what has it been like being able, being able to essentially release music but without the chance of like touring it or promoting it? or you know, <coughs> Dude, essentially, the, the funny thing about Vanta Black is that Vanta Black was never intended to be a band. What? it was is like so it, like in the middle of 2019 i'd done it for a lot of years anyway but i started sending out more rap videos of myself yeah. onto yeah. facebook um and roy who's the guitarist is a like probably one of the biggest new metal fans i've ever met in my life oh yeah um and he uh he had this friend called chris who he used to jam with and chris had all these like new metal riffs um and he, it, it like probably like six or seven songs worth of riffs. And Chris was like, do you want to just like turn these into songs? Um, so Roy turned them into songs. And basically when I started uh, sending all these rap videos out, he messaged me one day saying, dude, I've got this entire album of new metal songs. Do you want to put some lyrics to him? And I was like, yeah, fuck you. Why not? And when we started jamming, like the, the first song that we did, um, weirdly enough, was actually the music video that we've just done recently. Um, that was the first mm. song at the end of 2019 that we actually properly did together. Um, yeah. And we was like, should we just get in like, a, should we just get in a practice room and jam? Um, and we did. And it was, that was literally all it was intended to be. It was just intended to be a little bit of fun. Um, and that was kind of it. But then once the first lockdown hit, um, granted Swan didn't split up until the September, but we knew that yeah. it was going to be a thing. We knew this was going to be our last release. So I was kind of like, well, what can I do with my time for a bit? Cause I wasn't too bothered about, like jumping straight back into another touring band again. Um, yeah. So I was like, what can I do with my time? And when Vanta like was established was in the June. Um, yeah. Which was obviously when we released the debut video. Um, yeah. And it was, it's a weird one because like in, in terms of, you know, the, the standard of what you go for is that, you know, you release a single, you release another single and you can start gigging, you can go out and get content, yeah. you can do promo and, so it, it's been a bit of a difficult one on that front because I haven't really had a lot of promo to push. Like I haven't had a lot of content yeah, exactly, to push. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of, th there's pulling things out of thin air and then there's physically like making something from nothing. Um, yeah. And that's essentially what we're doing at the moment. And like the lockdowns just haven't helped at all. 
Um, so it's, it's been a bit of a weird one because it's like I I really want to push this a lot now. Um, yeah. And it's only like sort of happened in the last sort of six months that we really wanted to push it um, because, you know, we got a really good reaction from the debut single and it was cool and it was... It yeah, was I, I, fucking, I fucking really enjoyed it, man. Like, it's, I'm digging this you, Yeah, because that, yeah, like, that was like one of the funniest things is like when we were just like, when we messaged Enzo and then like you emailed me back, I was like, oh yeah, there's this guy on Enzo who's looking for bands to take on. I'll message him. He's like, oh, it's Ashley Curry. Like, for me, like, the name ring a bell because I knew you were in, like, Sworn and, like, I'd seen your name about and I probably may have chatted you previously, but, you know, one of those things. And then Alex was like, yo, Ash. Like, yeah, he's, oh, have, you, have you heard his band single? And we were all at Alex's and he, says, and he put it on. We were like, no, this is pretty sick. <laughs> so, like, it was, uh, to be honest, it was it was just a weird one because, like, like I said, it was never intended to be a a full-time band thing. It was never really meant to be anything more than just like the four of us jamming in a practice room for a bit. And like, we kind of like, we sent off, um, because obviously like, you know, I do production anyway. Um, and a lot of us in the band have all got like home studios and stuff. Yeah. So we, we did it all organically. We did it all ourselves and we just sent it off to get mix and master. And the first single that came back was that debut single. And, as, as soon as that came back it, it didn't sound anything like that when we initially did it we kind of like when it came to the uh the pre-pro we kind of like swapped it all around and like added the choruses in and um changed up some of the screaming section so it was a bit more of a new metal vibe um mm. and when it came back and we listened to it it was like like it was like in, in a non-big head way it was kind of like like fuck like this is good yeah. like this is really really sick this is um <laughs> And it just like it sounded completely different to what we initially intended it to be, and because of that, and because of the response that we got, and like you know, e- even just the video itself, like I found the location whilst I was out on a walk one day, and yeah. it's just it, it's an industrial estate training center near my house. Oh, and nice! Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like old abandoned place, um, and because it all turned out so well, and like, but we d- we did zero PR for that entire video. And yeah, overnight, I, it I got ten k for us. Yeah, like like in 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 uh, I think it was like just over twenty four hours, it got like ten k views. But we did no PR okay. for it, and that's the reason why it surprised me so much. I was like, "Well, this is a bit different. Like this is not I've not experienced that before." So it, it was kind of it was kind of cool to have zero PR, zero push on something, and for it to blow up like it did. So I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, fuck it. Let's really let's cool, see man. how far yeah, it can no. go." I, I I can I can vibe with that because I for some reason like new metals become like the new thing. Yeah, like, I think I think I think hacktivists are a big pioneer of like the new style new metal kind the of thing. Why the reason why new metal is coming into play again is because like everybody I I solemnly believe that everybody's searching for the like new sound. Everybody's always searching for this new sound. Mm. But I feel yeah. like the new sound is the old sound, man. It's like, it's the sounds that just aren't happening anymore. And it's like, it's the old school new metal, the old school metalcore wave. It's all yeah. like, uh, obviously, if you guys have noticed, like over the last load of years, like metalcore has been such a big thing and it's been such yeah. a pioneer yeah. genre for so long. And, yeah, and now I feel, I feel like, does. yeah, now, now <laughs> I feel like new metal is coming back in that, like new metal is coming back in that fashion because it's, 
it's just the new sound. It's just the in the in thing at the time. Like it was slammed for a bit, and then it was beat down, and then death metal bands came about, and then it was metalcore the last four or five years, and now it's like new metal's coming back. I I, I think the thing with the whole new metal thing is that <clears> I don't I don't really think new metal's given the credit it was back in the day at the time. Yeah, no. Everyone's like, oh, you're new metal, like, and then people only go to like Corn, Limp Biscuit, and Slipknot. First of all, like. Slipknot weren't a new metal band. They just got thrown in with them lot. Yeah. Slipknot was something else they, entirely. They got, they got thrown in there because they did like the DJ thing. And they did like... If you think about, it, if you think about it at that particular moment in the time, like, I think the reason why it wasn't given as much time of day is because new metal came out of nowhere. It's like it's like grunge. Like new metal came out of nowhere. It was really, really popular in the early 2000s. And then it kind of like fizzled out for a bit once the old school like deathcore and metalcore mm. started to come into play and i think like that that was the reason why it wasn't ever given the height that it deserved yeah because like, there were so many like really sick new metal bands like i pure rate mudvayne like, oh, yeah. like, although they had that one song dig which is like, like oh, yeah. ding like, yeah. that's a complete banger but they had so many other albums and stuff after that especially when they dropped the whole like ott makeup and and a lot of the songs are like really fucking good, and like a lot of people aren't aware of that. So I think it's good that like new, new metal was something that happened, but I think everyone really focused on the fact that oh they had like DJ decks and that was it. Whereas mm. like Corn didn't do that. Corn just did what they did. I wouldn't necessarily call them new metal either, but because that Corn did something different, it was like oh, we just got to fucking lob it in here. The yeah. only band that's like probably the most new metal ever is fucking Limp Bizkit. And Limp yeah, bangers. And I, I think Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park definitely, Lincoln yeah, definitely Lincoln have that. Yeah, yeah like, and, pa- and Papa Roach as well. Like, it, like mm. Infest by Papa Roach was definitely a massive new metal anthem. And even like, you know, for example, like the the way that I see like new metal fizzed out as well is like, can you, can you guys remember the band Crazy Town? I hate Crazy yeah. Town. <laughs> so we we actually, I, I've I've actually supported Crazy Town. Um, <laughs> and yeah, man. Like, so we we supported Crazy Town in Northampton one time, um, and this was kind of like. This just this just goes to prove exactly how fizzled out uh, of a genre. So this was in 2018, and it was Crazy Town, Oz, and Carter City on this bill, right? Uh, Jimmy, just, okay, my, my, minus Crazy Town because they're shit. Um, weirdest lineup, lineup. <laughs> weirdest weirdest lineup I've ever played. Right, so Crazy Town played um, as obviously the headliners. Um, we were we were the opener, and, Cre- and Carter City were the main support. Um, and basically we were playing with him and like obviously there was just like loads of mums and dads and like you know people that were kind of like a lot older than us in the room at the time and then you know Crazy Town had played a load of these random songs that they've got and like the ones that nobody heard and then they played Butterfly as the very last song and even like the vocalist came out and he was just like right fuck it you know we're going to play the song that you all know now and like (laughs) then everybody went crazy but like their entire set was just mums and dads just kind of sat there like almost like vibing a bit to the songs that they were playing like you know bopping their head and then Butterfly comes on and everybody loses the shit and it's like that just that just kind of goes (laughs) to show how fizzled out that entire thing was because it's like they only go back to the roots like everybody thinks of Linkin Park and it's like Hybrid Theory well yeah Hybrid Theory was a sick album don't get me wrong but Linkin Park had so many good albums yeah their yeah, last album, like <laughs> one more light, was such a banger of an yeah, album. Yeah, like I, I, I dropped off Lincoln Park mm. later on because um, I got into like death metal and stuff, and I went like super elitist for a bit, which I regret <laughs> highly. 
Don't be an elitist. Don't be a gatekeeper. Looking at you, <laughs> man, on the YouTube comments. I don't know why I point to the camera because this is an audio podcast. But don't worry, we appreciate it. it. I was going to say you, you can't. You could can, like it's good that people can't physically see you at the moment because you can't say that you're a death metal elitist with those cat ears. I'm, I'm used to be a death metal elitist. Now look at me. I've got bright neon pink cat ears. I've got a beard. Um. <laughs> One you, of the pretty- you, and actually, do you know what? Weirdly enough, you probably are filling the elitist death metal stereotype. <laughs> yeah, to be fair. All that, you, all that you're missing now is, is the uh, the green monster in the black trench coat. That's all you I think need. the thing that people don't understand is Cannibal Corpse's first album is the best death metal album ever made. And if you don't agree with that, you don't like metal. <laughs> weirdly enough I, I don't agree with that co- weirdly enough I actually went to college with a guy that was kind of like not not those words exactly but he was a he was very much of the opinion that like all these old school metal bands and death metal bands like if if you don't sound like that then you, you're not metal I think and, it's like me, me and Connor so, actually used to hang with a guy who when Deathcore became a thing there was like bands like I Declare War and mm. The Goddess he got me into them, but he was such an elitist. Instead of saying, "Oh, it's a they're deathcore bands," he made up genres for them. Okay. <laughs> so instead of like, deathcore, I've, I've watched. Oh and god, there's so many was, different. Like, I, I, I declare war. Variations. Of it. I declare war. Like... A slam band, uh, or a uh, deathcore band, and just figure the goddess are a slam band. Big up, big chocolate. Um, <laughs> The fact that it's made by a band called Big Chocolate as its DJ name says everything you need to know. Um, <laughs> but he used to say, "Don't know." No, they were just like a brutal slamming death metal. I'm like, no. It's then when it, the years went on, I was still listening to these bands, and I'm like, "Oh, it's deathcore, core, yeah. core bands." That <laughs> naughty word <laughs> that people don't like. Um, it's, it's the same thing that's happened to us. Like when when we were main support for Mark the Wild, which caused a lot of controversy on Facebook. You know who <laughs> yeah. you are. You never came to that gig, you fucking keyboard warrior. I challenged you. Um, <laughs> we, we got like a load of flack for being main support for Mark Defiled. It's like, oh, what's yeah. this metalcore band supporting Mark, main support for Mark Defiled? It's like, because Mark Defiled are also a core band, so suck my dick. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we had a nice time, so did the lads in Mark Defiled. And so did but the crowd. Um, but yeah, there, there, there were some people at that show who came up to me afterwards like, oh, I don't really like Metalcore, but you guys are really good. I'm like, yeah, because we're good. Matter the, what you call the, it. The, the, the genre has nothing. Yeah. Uh, I've always found that elitists are only elitists on screen. Oh, 100%. No, no, we, we've yeah, met yeah. elitists in real life. We've met elitists. Like, really? we, yeah, like, because the same guy and some of his friends, me and Connor, were camped with the Bloodstock the year that Lamb of God headlined. Okay. And there were some oh, people actively on, on Facebook and stuff um, going, Lamb of God can't headline Bloodstock because they're too mainstream. What they say I was just about, about, like, about to say, speaking of, like, mainstream bands that have headlined Bloodstock, like, how much controversy came around when Parkway I was exactly. literally about to say the same thing. Like, so many people kicked 100%, off. 100% probably had the best stage production that Bloodstock's ever Mate. seen. 100%. And they probably increased Bloodstock's ticket sales by like 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then the, be- the best thing is, um, the, actual head- the actual black metal band headliner of the, the second stage at Bloodstock didn't go on until after Parkway finished. So you had two choices, either... Be a little bitch and sit back at camp or watch Parkway Drive. 
mm. and then go see your black metal band because I ended up seeing both because I was best blanked. option really <laughs> yeah, I, I had a really nice time yeah because I'm not an arsehole and this is why every time it comes around to the mouth of the masses our main campaign drive is hashtag make bloodstock core again <laughs> and then we wonder why we never win because <laughs> we're actively trying to annoy all these people the thing is yeah. like we, we've played we've played with death metal bands we've played with deathcore bands we've played mm. with slam bands hardcore bands true metal bands and everyone likes us so I, I think I think the key issue is is to take your head out your ass and just enjoy because like I used to be an elitist and then I was like mad depressed um because of some stuff going on in my life at the time. And then I came home from my, my shitty dead-end dead end first job at like 11 o'clock at night after working 12 hours, put on Kerrang! just to maybe feel something. And then a day to remember is all I want came on. And I was just like, this is so posy. This is what I need in my life. And then from that moment on, I was just like, fuck it. Yeah, that's actually, yeah that, that actually, that's actually a pretty good topic to say. What, what was that one album? I'm going to say album because it's like a bit more out there a bit because then you can kind of pinpoint. But what was that one album that kind of changed your entire direction in life? Ooh. I've had Ooh, a few. Right. I've had um, a few because like obviously Ashes. it's been... Yeah, Ashes of the Week for Connor, definitely. Ashes of the Week, 100%. I remember being sat in a car in Scotland in a car park as my parents were walking up and down a beach, I think. It was just me and my brother sat in a car and he put that CD on, and that was just fucking, oh shit! <laughs> Never Big really heard anything like it before. Mine really? was actually Sempaternal, and I know that's a very, really? uh, I know it's a very, um, I know it's a very cliche <laughs> thing to say, but the reason why it's Sempaternal is like there's a much deeper reason why. So the reason why is because I feel that Sempaternal was the album that obviously when bring me kind of obviously altered and changed and was going into a bit uh, of a light yeah, sound. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, um, th- I think some journals when Bring Me really came into their own. But that in itself was like, I, I always stand by the sign that Bring, like they're not one of the first to do it, but I always feel that Bring Me are one of those bands that really kind of stepped out of the comfort zone and was like, do you know what? We're known for this particular sound. Fuck that. Let's go into something else and we're going to do something yeah. different. And they've completely blown up and become one of the biggest bands in the world currently. Now, that yeah, to me... genre, they've just biggest band full stop. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. that, that, that to me speaks more levels than like... That changed my entire direction on music because it's like... That, that to me was like, you can physically be in whatever genre you want. But if yeah. you want to switch up, do it. And it I, could, I, it could I, be yeah. the biggest thing. The, the main thing about that that I've, I've argued with a lot of people about is the reason why it happened is because everyone hated Bring Me The Horizon for being a metal band. So then obviously they went into something a bit different, hashtag a bit more poppy, quote mm. unquote. But then people like, then they got massive and people like, oh, I can't believe they did it because they sold out and went pop. It's like, well, you can't be mad at them for doing that. Because when they were in your you were scene and still being massive, yeah, like, you were slagging them off, everyone yeah. was slagging them off. And then people got mad at them for doing what they for changing a bit and doing what they want to do. Yeah, fucking. I think Bring Me one of the cleverest bands going as well. Yeah, and 
and now because when they came back on their last tour they, they dropped the deathcore medley halfway through the set so you can imagine like all these like teenagers <laughs> going yeah i really love I've that spirit it it's my favorite bring me the horizon album I haven't looked back at what else bring me have done mm-hmm. and halfway through the set like all right this song's called chelsea smile yeah 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 yeah, yeah. like <laughs> that that is a power move and i've joked that we'll do that at some point just for the piss take. <laughs> For me, it's when they drop. It's when they, uh, it's, it's when they drop "Pray for Plagues" at Wembley Stadium. Yeah, <laughs> that, when, yeah, yeah, when they drop when they drop "Pray for Plagues," and it's just like absolute highlight. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, for me, um, speaking of albums, I think it's it's got to be. Well, wasn't the album, but these colors that, that run architects. Because I was kind of listening to like heavy bands at the time and like some metal stuff, and um, we were at a brand. I think we were at a band practice for one of my previous bands before. My guitarist said, oh, the new Architects is out. I was like, oh, I've never really heard of these guys. Checked it out and like, these colours don't run. I was like, yeah, no, this is the, this is the stuff I'm listening to now. Like, because it was that fucking good. And then when the whole album came out, I was like, yeah. Architects, I, I, Architects is so, so sick. And I'm just going to like, be, I'd never re- really listened to like, really technical, like complex stuff before. And then architects came along, and like they are so ridiculously complex that I just loved it. I've I've had a few because um, obviously we've established that um, I used to be in a hair metal band. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously, like I first got into like, I made those were the yeah. days. Um, I I I first got into like I made and all like your, your generic metal stuff. Um, and then I discovered like Wasp. Um. And I went, oh, I'm really into hair metal. Like, I still am, and I still take a lot of influence from that with some of the stuff that we do in Wolves, because it's like OTT, mm. mass grandeur. Oh, why else would do the fuck do we wear makeup and be ridiculous because it's what, fucking, it's what fucking Motley Crue did, and it fucking worked out for them all right. Um, not that I'm doing it as a business plan. I genuinely enjoy it. It's just and fun. We, <laughs> and we look sick, so who cares? Um, and obviously everyone knows how much I love Kiss. Um <laughs> I, I think one of the changing points is literally when when I got into a day to remember uh, the homesick album, yeah, because that that basically made me go. Yeah, I, I think um, do what I want and just be happy and just. I think a day to remember uh, were, were another one of those for me because it was, um, again that sort of bridge into like, not I was I'm not going to say like bridge into heavier stuff, but that bridge between like the rock, the pop punk, and like also like the metal. Yeah, it's like, and, like oh, heavy stuff. Right, you can write stuff that's like pretty average pop punk and then slap some scream in and then slap a breakdown in and it slaps. Yeah. Like it's it's the amalgamation of let's just combine things that we like and it works and then mm. just have a nice time. And I think I think that's basically a lot of the stuff that we take with what we do with wolves anyway. Because obviously Dan will probably come out in a minute and go is um life-changing thing was discovering gold by Duran Duran. Um, I mean, you're not wrong. Gold's Bandai Ballet. No, Gold's Bandai Ballet, isn't it? Gold's Bandai Ballet. Duran Duran's more... What is wrong with you? A lot of things. Come on. Let's be real. Yeah, you tried to steal Princess Fiona. I'm I'm running running out of alcohol. I'm going to have to go find some alcohol at some point because I've I've just finished off the last of my whiskey. I'd really like to hear what Dan's is because I'm really mm. intrigued by what it actually is. Yeah, what, what, yeah, what changed your direction in life? And uh, I don't know. 
eating healthy, good sleep. I'll say that again. Eating healthy, good sleep. Um, Nothing you uh, actually do anything. You don't do anything. You're not meant to say what you want to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, none of them things. What, uh, first music thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah hmm. that one. Thing that we were talking about. Not to do with guitar like, no, just, like what, what what was it like Ever, a defining like, album for you or single or or even just band yeah uh mcr yeah definitely yeah. MCR. Gotcha. yeah i Good it job. was the first first album i bought myself as well when i was about 15 which was it was a black parade because i hate the one before it but okay, um first of all first of all <laughs> as an emo <laughs> three chairs for street revenge is Banger of an album. Oh, we've, we've also now got it on record that Connor likes my chemical romance. This is recorded. <laughs> I do, yeah, yeah. I do. Remember when um, you were talking about we were once elitists? Yeah. Yeah. Was we that bigger, see that we were being dicks at? Dead oh, and yeah, Disappear no, yeah. are the best songs on that album. Oh, no. Yeah, Disappear, like, bangs. My favourite song of that album is uh, Famous Last Words. Oh, yeah, I can't. Uh, I don't really count that just because they released it. That got very big. Like, I love the song. I love the song, yeah. but I've heard it way too many times. A lot, yeah, a lot of like, stuff to get overplayed, which yeah, can be on, on on the elitist topic. The worst thing that me and Connor have ever done oh. is we were being far too well, elitist. We went, from a dying day. We, we went to a show <laughs> and it was uh, Devil Driver, Behemoth as main support when they just released um, Evangelion. Mm. We were there, Dan. Yeah, we were there. Yeah, yeah, and it was um, you asked us for a fiver. I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was a no, I didn't. Uh, Suicide Silence, <laughs> Trigger the Bloodshed, and another band that sounded exactly like Trigger the Bloodshed. I don't remember who they are, and I oh, assume they don't. I don't. I assume they don't exist anymore. But we were so elitist, but because Suicide Silence were a deathcore band, we chose to not watch Suicide we Silence as that. Dickhead, yeah. Oh man, yeah. yeah. And it, it was Suicide Silence just <laughs> after they after, just after they dropped the um, uh, the cleansing. Yeah. Yep. The oh, yeah. Mitch Locker split his yeah. trousers. And me and Dan was. was me and Dan was that close to the front. He could have sucked him off. I could have fucking sucked <laughs> him off. The weirdest thing I've ever seen was Whitechapel, <laughs> Chelsea grin, and Asking Alexandria. Oof. Yep. Oof. Yes, it's okay. like I, I did a similar thing like a couple of years later where I saw Whitechapel's main support for Trivium and I watched yep. Whitechapel <laughs> but I actively chose to not enjoy it as much because oh, it's a difficult band. This is what we like, call personal growth because now I regret that massively. Yeah, yeah. I Whitechapel. fucking love Whitechapel. Dan doesn't yeah, like Whitechapel. Oh. I Whitechapel. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a tattoo with the motherfuckers for some White reason. Yeah. Whitechapel, like one of the bands, <laughs> were like, I'm actually just like, this is things we could do because they were like ultra deathcore. <laughs> then they started throwing in cleans, like it's stuff like that. It's like the main issue is when you listen to stuff, just don't be a dickhead because mm. one, you will miss out on nice things. I mean, that was me uh, majorly because I stopped listening to Metallica because I thought Megadeth were better and then. Don't like you, Dan. Imagine, imagine actually liking Megadeth. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> asked you, I suppose. Speaking of elitism, Steve. <laughs> That's not even elitism. Cause... I mean, that, <laughs> when you were saying about that whole like album that changed your life, it was literally like revisiting like 
the top Megadeth albums from like the past. So obviously, like Rust in Peace, Countdown sure, to Extinction, <laughs> were the ones that got them that most famous. But then obviously, like Killing in, Killing in My Business and Peace Sells. Is it the one with Dave Grohl as the singer? Shut the fuck yeah. up. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the best. The best thing about Megadeth is the fact that oh, it's the one with the riff in it. You know. You know the riff. Yeah, the riff. Um, yeah, that, that, that riff. That one the riff. Thing about is, um, they used to be like a thrash metal band that me and Connor used to play with in our in our first band, and they were like super onto you know the thrash band, the big four. Oh and, yeah. Like, there was yeah. like a whole discussion about how impossible to play the intro if the Holy War was. <laughs> and I've I've always been like a pretty average guitarist. Like even though I basically seventy percent wrote our first EP myself on guitar. Um <laughs> I've never been that good of a guitarist. And then this what this guy was just like, Oh yeah, the intro for Holy Wars is like really difficult. And I, I have this thing, which is something very, very deeply wrong with me. Where if someone's <laughs> just like, I can't do this, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna do it just to spite you. <laughs> um, I then went and found the tabs for Holy War. That's how murder like, starts, Steve. Yeah, it is. Um, granted, I barely play. I don't really play guitar that much, and I don't really listen to Megadeth. I listened to Holy War a couple of times. I went found the tabs and just went. Diddly 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 diddly. And I was like, I messaged him was like, is this supposed to be hard? Do you know what? Do you know in that scenario you could have done anything but messaging the dudes that. This is supposed to be hard. It's like, wow. That, that's the moment you become a dickhead. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's when you physically get the title. That's when the certificate from the Queen comes Just through appears. your door. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, got, I've got three of them. Uh, <laughs> Only three. This, this, this is like the. This is like if you were to condense me as a person, it is like Steve actively pisses off people for no reason but his own entertainment. Hello, me again. You may remember me from things like the intro to the previous episode and previous episodes. We decided it'd be a good idea to end the podcast here because it's reached a reasonable length and after this point, everything descended into pure fucking chaos. So, what well am for making it through? How did you find it? Still can't answer that because it's a podcast, like last time. So with that, we're going to go right to the very end so everyone can say goodbye. Let's, let's just call it. This has been shambolic. We've all done it like a bollard. <laughs> Say uh, bye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Doodles, bitches.